Economics is the study of human choice in the world we live. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. By investigating faith in economics, we can learn how they lead to human flourishing. This is the Faith in Economics podcast, a presentation of the Gortney Institute at Ottawa University. Welcome to our show today. I'm Cole McRae, producer and undergraduate scholar for the Gordon Institute. With us, we have Dr. Russ McCullough, the founder of the Gordon Institute and the Wayne Angel Chair of Economics, Dr. Justin Clark, the Menard Family Professor of Philosophy and Ethics, Dr. Peter Jacobson, the Gordon Professor of Economic Education and Research, and finally, Kevin Newford-Hatche, producer and graduate assistant for the Gordon Institute. All right, so we have a special guest with us today, and it happens to be my pastor, which is his second time on our episode. It was a little over a year ago, I believe, that we had... Uh, Pastor Timothy Roth on with us, and so um, he comes to us from Concordia, where all of the Missouri Synod Lutheran pastors are most, I shouldn't say all of them, there, there's another place where they come yeah, as well. Fort Wayne place. Yeah, there. yeah, Fort Wayne, and, and then over in uh, Missouri, and uh, he was originally from Missouri, so maybe that was a natural for you to head there for seminary. Mm -hmm. So Masters of Divinity in 2016 there, and then uh, our church here in Ottawa is Faith Lutheran Church and uh, been with us for a few years. That was since 21, it looks like, and uh, just had one other place that you were at prior to that in Humboldt. So welcome to the show. Um, I hear you want to talk because I asked you to about <laughs> the Reformation. I figured since we're in October, it's kind of a big day for uh, uh, Lutherans, uh, especially more of the traditional Lutheran, Martin Luther types. Uh, since back way back in 1517, we had the famous 95 Theses uh, pinned on the door of the Catholic Church saying uh, Martin Luther thought there was some issues with the church that he wanted to address. And so uh, we're going to kind of weave in and out of maybe different issues, but I'll, I'll let you take it away on, on maybe first talking about the Reformation a little bit. Yeah, so um, for our listeners, the, the impetus for this uh, topic, I guess, came about from a, new, from a newsletter article I wrote for our congregation's newsletter where um, I kind of bemoaned, if you will, the, the loss of speaking about the Reformation for what it is. Um, and by that, I mean, the Reformation has largely been taught as a historical event. Um, and so it is a, a product of uh, history that um, historians teach in, in Western civilization classes, you know, more modern Western civilization classes, and, and therefore they look at the socioeconomic impacts, etc, etc, etc. And there has, because of this, because it's been taught as a history, uh, a lot of what actually the Reformation was about has been lost uh, because the Reformation was primarily a uh, a confession. It, it is a theological matter, is a theological issue, and perhaps you know, being the a, a Lutheran pastor, there's there's much chagrin to this for me because uh, I was just talking in Bible study this morning. A lot of people outside of Lutheranism have no idea what Lutherans are. Um, there are people in in the Arminian camp who assume we're more Calvinist, and then there's people in the Calvinist camp who assume we're more Arminian, and then um, there's people in, in both camps who assume we're more uh, Roman Catholic, and, and the reality is we're none of the above. Uh, we, we kind of fit in this in-between. No one who, who's not really Lutheran can quite pin us down because they know the major camps because of, of history, um, but, you know, Lutherans really walk in this in this kind of tension, in, in this in-between tension. Give us a thumbnail sketch of Arminian for our listeners. So Arminians are those who really cling to the theology of free 
will. Um, you know, that that salvation is 100% completely up to us. It's it's my it's my responsibility to choose Christ. It's my resp- uh, responsibility to remain in the faith. Um, it's my, uh, it is completely me who chooses, who who finds good works to do and chooses to do good work. Um, and that, that it, it is 100% on humanity. Yeah. And there's certainly some Christian denominations that have that mm-hmm. sentiment or people kind of feel that way. Maybe if they're not deep enough into yeah. theology, yeah. they might not have given yeah. it two cents worth of thought. But Luther is famous for his bondage of the will where he right. fought that and said, right. sorry, you can't claim, you can't claim righteousness. Right, right. right. And, and you know, I said uh, the groaning it as a, as a Lutheran pastor because even, you know, this isn't an insult to those who aren't Lutheran. This is, uh, there are a lot of Lutherans who don't even know what Lutherans believe. <laughs> right. Because, talking, going back to the Reformation, uh, Reformation being a viewed as a historical thing, it was uh, something that Luther started and then was carried on by these other people when actually there was two Reformations. Mm-hmm. There is the Lutheran Reformation um, and then there is the Radical Reformation, which, which you can say is kind of like a second wave of Reformation. Um, but the Lutherans themselves in, in our confessional documents had to defend themselves, not only separating themselves from Roman Catholics, but um, also because of accusations from Roman Catholics, uh, had to separate themselves from, from others who were teaching other things to, to say. And that's where our, our documents come from is, no, we don't believe that. We don't believe that. This is what we believe. Um, and and so it's a, it is a confession of faith. And it's that continual confession of faith, realizing that this is, it, of course, it's a historical event and happened in history, but it's a theological event too, meaning that it's still ongoing, yeah. um, that it's still relevant and practical to today, um, not just that thing that we remember in the past because, oh yeah, it changed the course of Western civilization. Um, but you know, if, if if we're not still living in, in the Reformation today, then we've completely lost sight of what the Reformation was about. Yeah, my understanding is Luther uh, viewed himself as Catholic for his entire life. Now that uh, maybe is different than saying he's like Roman Catholic, right? But yeah, he believed yeah. himself as part of like the Holy Catholic Church in here. As far as I understand, he thought that most Roman Catholics were part also of the yeah. Holy Catholic Church. Uh, the difference being he had a, a disagreement over the authority of Rome, right? Ultimately, uh, that's, that's the, one, the Bishop yeah. of Rome, you could say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when, when we get down to it, um, Lutherans classify themselves as evangelical Catholics. Um, Catholics being the, the word Catholic means universal. So really, uh, Roman Catholicism is self-contradictory because it's it's saying universal but the roman universal <laughs> so um it's not universal now to, to defend the roman catholic church i think they consider protestants that like practice baptism in the name of the trinity uh and like communion and uh, one other thing i think they consider them to be part of the church but they're like willingly astray or something like that <laughs> however there is language in canon law that specifically anathemizes lutherans okay <laughs> well which which is uh, which you kind of think about that that's and, interesting and yeah really the only ones that they ex- they don't say lutherans but they point to they explicitly say our primary doctrines wow. and say if you if you believe and confess this you are anathema wow okay and it's like okay that's as, that's as about as explicit as you can get without saying yeah okay. you lutherans so i had a question about um when you said the 
actually a lot of Lutherans don't know what um, yeah um, and I just wanted to say I know this comes up like within Catholicism too like the, when people talk about like the difference between like a cradle Catholic and a convert Catholic sure. is sure. that boy if you want to know what like actual uh, you know what, what the actual Catholic line is on anything talk to a convert Catholic because um, <laughs> they are the ones who really like uh, are usually more likely to have studied up yeah, on it absolutely um, and yeah, we have that too absolutely yeah, and so I was, the first thing was like is that a kind of uh, cleavage that you see in the Lutheran Church too? And but the follow-up question is like, do you think that's a problem generally, given that a lot of people mm -hmm. stay in the church that they grow up with? How? What's? What do you think is the best way for making people um, aware of the doctrine that they've yeah. been kind of yeah. raised in? Um, I would. I don't know if I would say goes so general, but I would say um, for for historic confessional denomination that it it is. Is, uh, generally true. And I say that because, um, you know, there's denominations that, well, I'm led by the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit, so there's no cohesive, necessarily confessional document. But then when you do have the historic uh, mainline Protestant churches, um, and I will include Lutheran with that, even though Lutheranism doesn't quite fit there nicely either. Um, but it's, yeah, a lot of people who grow up in the church, um, learning the church doctrine almost seems like a chore you know i have to do it i don't want to do it uh and it's just a struggle to get people to to care um, now especially influenced by later christian movements that well what do i need what do i need this dead doctrine for why do i need for up for lutherans why do i need to, to study and memorize the small catechism i have the holy spirit with me um okay that's nice the holy spirit promises though that he's going to be found in scripture and that he uh that we are called to test the spirits by going to scripture so you got to know what scripture says in order to know if it's truly the holy spirit speaking to you or not um but so so there's this kind of despising of and that might be a strong word but uh, a despising of confession not only for lutherans but even for for other denominations where it's much easier and much more appealing to the flesh to say well i can believe whatever i want to believe mm -hmm. um but then people label that as Lutheranism or as Presbyterianism or as sure. Methodism. Um, when how how can you say that what you believe, whether you, the church believes it or not, is is truly representative of that. Um, but when it comes to adult converts, you know, usually the the adult converts are coming from something that uh, they have struggled with, right? So whatever system of confession they were in you know, there was an issue that brought about, I would say, you know, spiritual oppression of, upon their soul. Um, so they fled and, and found a treasure in a different confession of faith, and they found deliverance from whatever was plaguing them. Um, and so adult converts are like, yes, this is what I want. Um, and so, at, you know, as Lutherans, the Lutheran terminology, uh, salvation comes externos, it comes from outside of us. And a lot of that people look inside again, you know, whatever I want to believe, but really there's no greater tyrant than the self. Um, and I say that because we want what we want, even if it's hurting us, <laughs> you know, even if it's destroying us, you know, I know stuffing that big chocolate bar in my mouth is not going to be good for me. And yet it sure tastes good. So I'm going to stuff it in my mouth anyway. Um, but people, you know, eventually get to the point where they go, this is hurting me. 
And then they look outside of themselves to those historic confessions and, and find something in there. And so they latch onto it. Um, myself, I, I grew up in the LCMS, but I would say I, I didn't uh, cling to it as much. Um, there was, there's some depression in my, in my history that, that really led me to cling to some, somewhat to it. But it wasn't until college where I encountered a lots of different kinds of, of so labeled Christians um, and started really getting into their theology that then when I came back and rediscovered Lutheranism, if you will, that I was like, no, that that's what I want <laughs> and, and come to it. So do you think so like the Amish kind of do something like yeah. this where they like send the kids out for a while, yeah. right? And say like, yeah. um, look, if, you know, if you want to be part of this community, great, but um, we want you to see what else is out there. So yeah. we know so that when you yeah. come back, you know what this is. Right. Like, Right. And, um, and yet they do it after they already teach them. Yeah. After they come right? to age. So they know what they're coming back to. Yeah. 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 Um, do you think that's something that is valuable and that we should do more of? Or, you know, I mean, I definitely, <clears throat> now I realize I'm on a university campus, but um, university campuses historically, you know, not every university has, has gone full embrace of of uh liberal ideology but you know that the true liberalism right of ex freedom of of exploring different ideas you know and i think that was a value a lot of universities sprung up because of christianity um and it was that whole let's explore let's let's look at this and wrestle with this and what's true and what's not true and what holds water when it you know when it comes to scripture and, and life and what doesn't hold water um and I do think there is absolute value to that. You know, I've had people from the congregation who, you know, want to go and and they're not certain where we fit with them anymore. So they want to go explore. And hey, you know, I would rather you be convinced that this is the truth than just do it because it's you feel social obligation, you know, if you will. Well, that is interesting. We're getting close to ready to take a break, but yeah, I never thought of uh, the college student experience as being the equivalent of the Amish kicking people out <laughs> and finding themselves, but it does kind of make that sense. I think, I think culturally, I think the big problem that's cropped up is uh, the student loan debt that's associated with finding yourself now. And uh, if, you, yeah. if you don't make it all the way to a degree, uh, that, that's a whole nother podcast topic that we have degree. talked about, but yeah, it, it's an expensive way to find yourself or to mm -hmm. find uh, whatever. So, all right, well, that looks like a good spot to take a quick break here. Um, we'll be back in just a bit to explore more about this confession. And I want to explore more about what is the, the commonalities behind uh, these various uh, Christian faiths as well. We'll be back in just a bit. Ottawa University has an exciting new major, PPE, which stands for Philosophy, Politics, and Economics. Each of these fields is interesting in their own right, but they intersect in ways that are important to understand, both individually and for your community. If you find philosophy fascinating, but want to make sure that your study of the subject is practical, if you enjoy economic analysis, but want to see how economic laws interact with moral principles, if you are interested in politics, but want to explore how economic and ethical realities constrain our political choices, you should consider the PPE program at Ottawa University. This spring, Ottawa University is organizing a PPE League competition or politics, philosophy, and economics. Students in this competition will compete leveraging the ideas of philosophy, politics, and economics in various events. 
If you're a professor or an advisor of college students and you're interested in your school competing in PPE League this spring, contact Peter, Justin, or Russ today. By 2030, the Gortney Institute will be known for its alumni, supporters, and participants who incorporate economic understanding with their faith in their careers, vocations, communities, and personal lives. We have some great programming going on for high school students. We have an online microeconomics class. Yes, you can earn college credit for $200 by taking an online class. It's affordable, flexible, layered with support. Our new online micro is optimized for you. If you'd like to consider some events for your high school students or that class, please contact Justin, Peter, or Russ today. Uh, back here with Pastor Timothy Roth in the hot seat on uh, the some sort of apologetic of Lutheranism. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not, maybe not to that extent. I'd say a friendly discussion of uh, just kind of bringing, making people aware of the Reformation and uh, as more of a confession rather than this historical. When you brought up historical before, I thought, it's almost like historical Jesus when people bring up, uh, you know, and they try to usually this is atheist line of thinking. of, right. Oh, yeah, we believe there was this guy named Jesus because there is really good evidence on it. And and right. so it does start to uh, shadow kind of some of the realities that might be behind it. So um, why don't we have you continue on with Reformation as a uh, confession? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we were just talking a little bit about, you know, adult converts. Right. Um and how, you know, having a, a period of wrestling and struggling with faith isn't isn't a bad idea. In fact, I, I think it's, you know, something necessary. And that makes me think of, um, you know, a, 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 I'll say Lutheran developed. I Other other Christians might use it too, but a, a Lutheran developed phraseology of oratio, tentatio, meditatio, oh, uh, which, so. which is Latin. I had certain phrases drilled in my head in seminary. I don't know Latin. <laughs> Um, but oratio, oratio, tentatio, meditatio is is prayer, struggle, and meditation. Um, and that struggle is uh, is that wrestling with scripture, you know, wrestling with the faith, um, asking the spirit to help me, right? Help me to to come to the knowledge of the truth. Um, and that's really what what the Reformation was and and is. Um, it is an ongoing wrestling uh, with with the truth, and so what the what the Lutheran reformers I, I mentioned, you know, there's really two stages to the Reformation, if you will, um, and the problem of looking at it as a historical event is is as progress is that, that that's not really what there is. There's a clear and separate distinction between what the Lutherans were doing and and what reformers that came after, um, and sometimes Lutherans are are called catholic lighter or whatnot because in form there's a lot of stuff from um rome which is its own complicated thing roman catholicism really didn't develop until the counter-reformation um but you know we retained a lot of the forms because they were looking at the substance um and so the question of the lutheran reformation was where has the church gone wrong where has innovations been introduced um, that have have led people astray where have abuses come in that have led people astray and let's deal with those innovations and abuses and get back to um, Christianity from the apostolic era mm -hmm. they were combating against the scholasticism where uh, I'll tell my people you know in bible study or whatnot you know Luther had his his tower revelation as he is reading Romans 
because he was preparing a lecture for Romans and went, you know, I need to read Romans. You know, the, the theologians back in the Middle Evil era, um, they didn't read the scriptures. And that's partially because scriptures were so valuable. Um, manuscripts of the scriptures are so valuable before the, the printing press that not a lot of people had access to it. Um, and so it was only after he became a university professor to teach the Bible that he finally had access to the Bible. Um, otherwise, it was just what do the what do the scholastics say? So and so yeah, what a lot of what a lot of people don't understand is um, Luther didn't mean to start a new branch. Yeah, he wanted to reform the Catholic he, Church. Right. right. I mean, right. he he I think is you know the history shows he was one of the best monks ever. Right. And that's that's where he actually struggled was. He would dot his I's, cross his T's, and and all of the exactly. works yeah. and doing the right things, and he still never felt full in a sense. Well, yeah, he, uh, like I was doing, there's always something more to do, and I think that that emptiness is what brought yeah. him to some of these changes, in addition to the abuses he, and stuff that yeah, were going when, on. When he was a monk, he, he admits he hated God, um, because God was a mean, oppressive God who was never satisfied because luther knew of his sin right? and that's one of those things of when we when we fully confess and examine ourselves for sin we know of ourselves we can never be um we can never be good enough for god which is why you know in, in lutheranism um that grace alone is, is so important because if i have any part even one percent part of responsibility for my own salvation i'm going to fail at that one percent because of my sin um so it must fully rely on god um and then now i live out my life as someone who is saved but that like i going back to that oratio tentatio meditatio you know we we meditate upon god's word we struggle with god's word and we pray um because we 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 look in there to see what god would have us not only believe but also do and not only do but also believe right so the the ultimate confession part of the reformation that you're saying is an ongoing process ongoing thing is really right. starting to learn and internalize what grace is like how yeah. fallen we actually yes. are i've heard other theologians yeah. say you know lutherans especially the gap between us and god is vast like we don't we don't yeah. get closer to god or some right. people aren't a lot closer to god or if you're a good christian you're really close to god right it is a vast gap that never gap. closes and uh, brings in the humility of of uh, the need and acceptance of of grace right yeah so i mean that's one of the one of the so all of our articles in our uh the book of concord is the the complete lutheran confessions um and the augsburg confession is the document that was written to to kind of defend against the accusations that um the lutherans were no longer christian and had abandoned the christian faith um and so they were presented it to the Holy Roman Emperor uh, in order to say, no, see, this is why. And, and they're bringing up all kinds of scripture. You know, this is what scripture says. This is what scripture says. This is the testimony of scripture. And the primary article that that Lutherans will say, you know, church stands and falls on the article of justification. Um, you know, and the greatest work we can do is the work of repentance, is of, you know, acknowledging our sin and turning and, and asking God for forgiveness um, and then seeking the struggle, daily struggle, to live in that forgiveness by doing the works he has given us to do, uh, but knowing we're, there's always going to be sin involved. You know, we're never going to be perfect. Um, 
And so it's just that constant back and forth of trying to live our lives and then returning to God to receive his gift of grace and mercy and then going out um, and, and this constant coming back, which which is what the Reformation was, returning to the apostolic faith, returning to what uh, the apostles were teaching, to return to what the the um, you know what the church was doing the the ancient church the practices and, and whatnot i can't remember the latin word but it i remember the concept of uh, in one of our bible studies after that uh, uh one of our older members said the tension that you have between whether you've was that a sin or was that not a sin or i yeah. know it was a sin or yeah. if you start to believe that what you're doing isn't a sin anymore that's when the tension goes away and that's when you're in trouble so i think the struggle yeah. part is related yeah. to that yeah i tend and you you brought up tension i was just talking to him again about tension in in bible study this morning in our adult bible study about um lutheranism stands in the tension and that's why you know that's why calvinists will say that we belong with arminians and that's why arminians say we'll belong with calvinists because calvinists have their proof texts for certain doctrines and Arminians have their proof tests for certain doctrines and and they'll go at it and they'll fight and we uh, and Lutherans will go in and go well your proof texts and your proof texts are scripture so it's not well we're gonna we're gonna receive these texts and acknowledge these texts but reject these texts or find ways to explain away these texts in order to but you you both have scripture and what we need to do is is we need to stand in that tension of these scriptures and figure out you know and of course, I say we need to figure out, but it's the Holy Spirit working in us uh, to bring us to the truth of how this scripture is true and how this scripture, is true, even though they seem to be standing opposed to each other um, and walking in that walking in that tension is not easy. Yeah, I think uh, so, so. Soteriology is like the it's the fancy word for like a theory of salvation mm -hmm. or something like that. Uh, and I'd say that's one place where. Um, even though there are like minor disagreements, like you're pointing out, like exactly the order of like, when does, you know, regeneration happen? Mm -hmm. Is faith a work or is it not a work? And, you know, is it require our will? Or, the, the main, I'd say, like unifying principle of Protestantism, I would say is like maybe all five solas, but at least the three solas that were yeah. saved uh, by through faith, faith alone, alone, through faith, faith alone. alone. Yeah, by grace Christ alone, through faith alone yeah. and Christ alone, right? Uh, and then adding on to that, uh, the idea of sola scriptura, right. that is like ultimately um, our confessional documents, um, the things that the church pronounces live or die by scripture. Ultimately, right. like the ultimate test is the word of God. Like that, I, I see that as yeah. sort of like the unifying uh, mesh of all Protestantism. Now, now uh, as with any gr groups, Protestants will argue, well, other Protestants don't actually hold uh to this you know that sense. you know that yeah. your soteriology actually isn't compatible with you know through grace alone uh by faith alone so there are the little arguments about that but uh, i was curious about like the major differences timothy and, and you can tell me if i'm right or wrong here mm -hmm. my kind of like running assumption is the major difference between lutherans and a lot of other protestants uh deals with like sacrament uh the thoughts about the sacraments uh yeah. the, the nature of like uh, baptism is regenerative or you know just yeah. an, an ordinance yeah. is another thing i've heard it described as uh consubstantiation is obviously another major difference you know the views about the eucharist yeah uh, and what it does so uh am, am i on there or is are there no i i would definitely say i mean there are some major differences but for for the laity if you will the, the lay version of it is uh, you're right on it um, speaking of adult converts, 
I don't know if I've heard an adult convert, and I hate using that word because you know, we're Christian, we are Christian, yeah. right? Um, so a convert's not the right word, but for lack of a better word, adult converts coming from one confession of Christianity into Lutheranism. Um, I don't know if I've ever heard anyone who's come from a different confession into Lutheranism that the last holdout and the last struggle that they had wasn't the sacraments. <laughs> um, so I, I definitely think you're right on there. Uh, Explain the differences and, for our listeners. And yeah, so so going back to the Reformation, right? Luther wasn't <laughs> trying to start a new uh, denomination. He wasn't trying to fracture the church. He wasn't. In fact, <clears throat> the the origin of the Reformation uh, that we often acknowledge and look at the writing of the 95 Theses, Luther wrote the 95 Theses in dedication to the Pope because he thought he was defending the Pope. Um, he thought he was upholding the doctrine and honoring the and on honoring the papacy by by um, you know contradicting going against this this whole indulgence practice, um, and so the the sacraments you know Roman Catholicism was believing had the sacraments and uh, you know in examining the scriptures the Lutheran reformers you know believe that that the sacraments were given to us by god so what lutherans believe sacraments are given to us by god and they bring grace we call them means of grace um is how i teach about the sac the word and the sacraments to um people coming in or or our confirmands or whatnot um so these are the means through which god delivers us his grace and salvation um and people will say well then you believe in works and well no the response is okay i believe in a work but not my work uh, baptism isn't me coming and doing baptism. Baptism is God coming and and baptizing through a pastor. Um, and then you will have um, the the radical reform along, and their you would you could say their goal was to break from the cap from from Rome. Um, and so they looked at the forms of Rome um, and and rejected. And so they said, well, they have this weird this weird thought, this weird belief about the sacraments that God's grace comes through. Now we would argue with how exactly that works with Rome. Um, but they go, well, no, you're turning that into a work and it's, you know, it's kind of weird and, and we'll still get people that will accuse me of, of believing in cannibalism because I say that I receive the body of Christ and the bread. Um, and so there's this kind of this, there's the one Reformation, the Lutheran Reformation, that sought to kind of go go back to the roots, if you will, and then the Radical Reformation that sought to reject Rome, um, which is why Lutherans look a lot like Rome. And so the the Catholics and the Lutherans have the true body and blood, so we, the yeah. bread and wine. Other um, uh, denominations so would say it's a right. symbol of yeah, the right. body. That is, well, right? and so, that's and one so it, it gets kind of hairy because like, you know, Calvin himself still believed in sacraments. He just believed them as like signs right. of obe obedience. And so like a Presbyterian still has like a, some sort of like sacramental view of baptism, yeah. for yep. example, they don't believe it's regenerative. Uh, they, right. I, yeah. I, if my understanding is right. But then there are pro Protestants who have gone even further. And this is the camp that I put myself in. Uh, that the sacraments are signs of obedience, but they don't right. confer anything special upon you. Right. Uh, it's not like a, it's not a means of grace. And right. that's like, you know, a, a standard like Baptists, I think, more or less tend mm -hmm. to believe that reformed Baptists, non-denominational Christians yeah. uh, kind of fall into that thing. I don't know where the Methodists are on any of this, but. 
I'm not sure the Methodists know where the Methodists are. That's that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry, the Methodists. I still love you, yeah. but um, but yeah. Well, and and so talking about speaking of the tension. So when it comes to like the Lord's Supper, uh, Roman Catholics believe in consubstantiation or not the, in transubstantiation, where they say you know the actual substance of the bread and wine become flesh and blood. Um, and people will say, and I've heard heard Russ say this on the podcast before. Um, but I can't give him too much trouble because people will say Lutherans <laughs> believe in consubstantiation, including a lot of uh, Lutherans, including a lot of pastors. But the truth is, um, the, the the Lutheran view is, I don't know what happens in the Lord's Supper. I just know that somehow, some way, if you've heard the phrase in, with, and under, um, Christ's body is in, with, and under the bread and wine. I believe that when I receive the bread and the wine, I receive... Christ's body and blood. How? I have no idea. You know, and and the well, is it the substance? Is it that's a argument that scripture just does not seem to care to answer at all? Um, so standing in that tension of I believe that that this is true because I believe this is what scripture says, but how it is, I don't know. So again, we're saying the Lutherans believe there's an external gift that's brought through those things. Right. But that Peter, that, if I understood what you said your denomination and yourself would be that it's more of a sign of obedience that you're doing that process as a to honor god in a sense yeah yeah nothing like a, actually a, comes through it. i think what timothy's pointing out is the second <laughs> reformation has led to uh, a belief of uh, what what uh he previously mentioned that a lot of protestants view baptism view the sacraments or whatever you want to call them mm -hmm. as works and so mm -hmm. if they are works rather than if they're not works and this is where a lot of the tension lies yeah uh, if they are works, then they can't be a means of saving grace. Uh, if they are, aren't works, then I guess they can be, right? Uh, and so this is where a lot of the tension rests. Yeah, yeah. And then ultimately, it seems like in the real world, people just uh, go to a church that they feel comfortable in and uh, don't, Not even don't pay attention to, to the stuff we're talking about <laughs> in this podcast, right? I, I like the music there. And, and ultimately, the, the thing that definitely joins christians together is do you believe in jesus christ as your only savior yeah. uh if the answer to that's yes as lord then uh you're you're uh going upstairs but i don't know if your heart's telling the right thing or not that's for god to decide yeah right? you know and this is the thing too you know you uh, mentioned earlier about soteriology <laughs> um you know and this is the thing that the church has taken a lot of cues from the world and it's become really unfortunate not that the church has always been the best, but the church has taken a lot of cues from the world in recent decades of, well, if you disagree with me, that means you hate me and, and think I'm, well, no, like of all people that should be able to openly and honestly argue with each other in disagreement are people who say, but yes, the one thing that unites us is Christ, mm -hmm. right? So because Christ unites us, this is why siblings can fight. Right. right. Because at the end of the day, we're still family. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's this, you know, this this discomfort with, well, I can't say uh, a brother in Christ is wrong because then I'm condemning them to hell. What? <laughs> no. In fact, by acknowledging that there's this disagreement, that there's this doctrinal division, um, we're acknowledging that we're part of this family that are that our unity in external things isn't what determines who's saved and not. That it's Christ who determines who's uh, saved and not. Um, so really, if we care about truth, 
and we care about Christ, who says, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me, that we should be having these conversations, that we should be sitting down and, and dialoguing. And, yeah. um, you know, well, this is what I believe, this is what I understand, well, this is what I believe and what I understand. And, and as Scripture says, okay, let us reason together. Let us go to the Scriptures, and as iron sharpens iron, right? Let us, let's hash these things out and um, not be threatened by our differences, because we know the the primary thing that matters is we're both in Christ. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, we both have salvation. It's all part of the struggle to make right. us stronger. It's all and it's all part of that tentatio, that struggle of yeah, that makes us stronger. Yeah, I th I think the what's funny is like this is often actually used as like an arguments against uh Protestant Protestantism from either, you know, Catholic or Orthodox circles, yeah. Roman Catholic or uh, you know, Greek Orthodox circles of like, well, there's so much disagreements, but like you look within those uh groups, denominations, whatever you want to say, uh, and like that doesn't go away within Roman Catholicism. For example, yeah. uh, Roman Catholics have are are permitted by the Pope to have different views of soteriology, right? Yeah. Like the Calvinism, Arminianism debates. Uh, even though Catholics don't hold to Calvin or right. Arminius, right? right? Is uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, explicitly, a lot of them have the same debate of well, how much of it is free will versus God's will. I know like right. the Benedictine monks have different views than like Jesuits and all. Uh, this stuff on like issues of soteriology and so and like Molina you know is a great Catholic figure that tried to resolve this and there was a, a ton of tension and the Pope eventually comes out and says well you can kind of believe any of these and that's okay right yeah. uh, so like there there's no uh there's not even a denomination that is without disagreements right uh right on you know the interpretation of scripture the question is ultimately a uh what is your view of salvation mm -hmm. and when you brought that up i with that I, I think that's the most fundamental question yeah. uh is how are we saved and if someone believes we're saved uh by jesus's you know sacrifice for us on the cross and the resurrection right. Right. and putting our faith in that you know and you receive grace uh through that faith uh you know to, to me that that's uh a through z uh yeah. and anything else on top of that uh i'm willing to have like in you know iron sharpen iron conversations right? yeah yeah and that's the beauty um I mean, our culture is, has said, well, no, if you disagree with someone, it's because you hate them and you're just a bigot, whatever. But no, the beauty is, no, because I know we're united, I'm not threatened by our divisions. Yeah. Right? And we can have this conversation. Yeah. All right. Well, that's great. Uh, good show today. And I'd like to thank you all for listening. This has been a production of the Gorton Institute here at Ottawa University. A five-star rating helps other people find us. Otherwise, be sure to fast forward this on to your friends via whatever social media platform you love to follow. Other than that, be fruitful and multiply. Thanks. Mm -hmm.